0: You're listening to the Weekly Sermon Podcast from Liberty Family Church. For more information about our church, head to the website, libertyfamilychurch.net.au. You know, in life, we all have times where we feel afraid. Who's with me? Do you feel afraid from time to time? Kids, maybe you feel afraid from time to time. For some of us, the mere mention of the word lockdown was enough. That was enough to put us in a state of fear and and brought so many big feelings and emotions back. It's almost like, I don't know, I know for me, I haven't been hit super hard by this, to be honest, but it's almost like a bit of a PTSD thing. Like all the trauma that we've gone through has sort of come to the fore again and it's, it's quite easy to feel afraid, isn't it? Maybe now that's your experience as we're well into our second week of lockdown. Maybe you're feeling a bit unsettled, a bit afraid. And for some of us, maybe it's not COVID that causes us to feel afraid or have feelings of anxiety kind of grip us from time to time. For some of us, we might fear that we're going to miss out on something. We've got FOMO, if you like. We feel, we feel like we'll kind of miss out on recognising and taking hold of God's best for our lives. That can be a fear, that we're somehow not aligned with his will for us. Maybe we our fear is that we won't get married or that we won't be able to have children or maybe we will never get that dream job that we believe God has placed a real desire in our heart to get into one day. These kind of things, these kind of things can be real fears for many of us. For some of us, our fears centre more around health and safety. And no, Lorinda, I'm not talking about oh That's your field of expertise. And I'm, I know you're not fearful about oh that's for sure. But for some of us, we are genuinely have fears around health and safety. Maybe it's our own physical health. We fear coming down with some condition or a serious illness. Maybe it's the general safety of children, parents, who worries, who's ever worried about their child and their safety. I guarantee I'm confident many of us have. You know, perhaps now in this current climate, it's a fear around this unknown of COVID-19 and all these new variants as well. They're very real fears. Here's the truth. We all face feelings of fear from time to time in life. It doesn't matter whether you're listening today and, and you don't even know why you're here on our live stream. You're an atheist. You're a sceptic. doesn't matter whether you're there. You face fears or whether you've been a believer for some time now in Jesus Christ. All of us face fears from time to time. And whilst we all do face fear from time to time, we all also can choose how we respond to fears that we face. You might know this to be true from your experience. If we fail to deal with our fears, fears can actually overwhelm us, can't they? They can take control of our lives and lead us down some really dark paths they can ultimately rob us of the freedom and joy that Jesus opened up for us to enjoy because of his sacrifice on Calvary's cross that we just celebrated before. So the question is, and here's the question I have for all of us to consider today, when I'm afraid, what do I do? Where do I go? Where do I turn for help? Well, today, as we look to God's word for encouragement around this particular issue, we're going to lean in to the wisdom of David. David, as we'll be reminded of as we take a look at this psalm in just a moment, David had plenty of reasons to be afraid, petrified actually, and yet David responded to his fears in the best way possible. What was his response? Well, let's pray and find out as we open God's word together this morning. Let's pray. Father God, we just want to give you glory and honour. We thank you so much for the way that you have already met with us this morning, the way that already as we've worshipped you, you have alleviated and worked on fears that we might be feeling or might have been experiencing. We thank you for that, Jesus. And we thank you too that your word is such a gift to us and it is truth. And because it's truth, it's sure, it's a sure thing. And so, Lord, we thank you that as we look to your word for wisdom, We're not just looking to your word as an ancient philosophical text. We're looking to your word as the very living word, the word of God that is good for everything, good for teaching, correcting, rebuking, and it's also good for helping us deal with fear. So today, God, we pray that you would speak powerfully through the words that I say so that we would not just get great information, but we would have radical heart transformations. And Lord, we would even be able to testify in the chat as to how Holy Spirit has moved in our hearts through hearing and believing in your word today. So we pray this, Jesus, in your precious name. Amen. All right, let's go there right now. Let's read Psalm 56, and I'm reading from the ESV translation. And because we just love to be helpful here, we're even putting the scriptures up on the screen for you. Psalm 56.1. This is David speaking. He says, Be gracious to me, O God, for man tramples on me. All day long an attacker oppresses me. My enemies trample on me all day long, for many attack me proudly. When I am afraid, I put my trust in you. In God, whose word I praise, in God I trust. I shall not be afraid. What can flesh do to me? All day long they injure my cause. All their thoughts are against me for evil. They stir up strife. They lurk. They watch my steps as they have waited for my life. For their crime will they escape? In wrath, cast down the peoples, O God. You have kept count of my tossings. Put my tears in your bottle. Are they not in your book? Then my enemies will turn back in the day when I call. This I know, that God is for me. In God whose word I praise, in the Lord whose word I praise, in God I trust. I shall not be afraid. What can man do to me? I must perform my vows to you, O God. I will render thank offerings to you. For you have delivered my soul from death. Yes, my feet from falling that I may walk before God in the light of life. Scholars believe that Psalm 56 was penned by David when he was actually in captivity in a place called Gath. I don't know if that's how you say it, but we'll go with that. G-A-T-H, Gath. I like it. It's a good sound to it. And he was captured by the Philistines and, you know, You probably would know if you've heard of David and Goliath before that the Philistines didn't really like this guy called David. And so when they captured him, you can imagine the kind of fears that David would have been experiencing in this time. It kind of gives a bit of depth to what David was saying when he said in verses 1 and 2, Be gracious to me, O God, for man tramples on me. All day long an attacker oppresses me. My enemies trample on me all day long, for many attack me proudly. You know, David had plenty of reasons to feel afraid. He would have felt very fearful. In fact, I would imagine putting myself in David's shoes after you were the one who defeated their saviour, Goliath, many, many years before, they wouldn't have forgotten. They would have known who he was. I could imagine that David would have been shaken in his sandals. He would have been absolutely petrified. And... As we saw in the psalm, what does David remind himself of when he's feeling like this? What does he say? How does he respond to fear? Verse 3 and 4. When I am afraid, I put my trust in you. In God whose word I praise, in God I trust, I shall not be afraid. What can flesh do to me? David responded to fear in the best way possible, because when he was afraid, he chose to trust in God. David acknowledged how he was feeling. Here's the thing, you know, sometimes we we get this warped idea that it's not okay to feel things. It is okay to feel things. God has created us to feel things deeply. And David here, he acknowledges how he's feeling. He's real before God and says, God, I'm really afraid here. In fact, God, I am petrified I am completely petrified here but he doesn't stop there he acknowledges his fear but he doesn't give in to his fears he doesn't let his fears rule him David goes on to remind himself to remind himself in these verses that God is trustworthy and because God is trustworthy then he won't fear man and he won't be afraid. Do you know what I'm saying? Do you see that in that passage? You know, in a sense, David demonstrates for us through this, this psalm, this, this cry, really, of what's going on in a pretty tough season, David demonstrates right here the antidote or the recipe, if you like, for effectively dealing with fear when we feel them. So here's the, the recipe. One, Acknowledge the feeling. Two, remind ourselves that God is trustworthy. And three, believe that because God is trustworthy, that we don't need to fear. Now, I'll be very careful and I want to say this really clear. I'm not by any means trying to trivialise feelings of fear. I understand that for many of us, fear is a daily battle and fear is something that is not easily fixed. We've spent decades, some of us, trying to overcome deep seated senses and feelings of fear. And by no means am I trying to say, by sharing this, that you're somehow inadequate or anything like that. Please hear me today. What I am saying, though, is that David is really onto something here. David is onto something here. And that if we all choose to daily put this into practice, I would say, And I think God would say through his word that that will actually go quite well for us, that that will help us in our battle to overcome feelings of fear. You know, there's something really important that David points to in verse four. David actually gives us his source, his reason, if you like, for why he knows God to be trustworthy and true. Verse four, in God whose word I praise, In God I trust, I shall not be afraid. What can flesh do to me? You know, David's decision, his resolve to believe no matter what that God is trustworthy, that God is good, that God is looking out for him despite what's going on in the world around him, is not based in wishful thinking. It's not based on temporary situations that he's experiencing. It's not even based on personal experience that he's had because, hey, David knew this to be true from personal experience, didn't he? How many times had God come through for David time and time and time again? And maybe for you, you've been in a place where you've experienced fears and, I don't know, maybe it's like when I experience fears, I find it so difficult to remember all the times that God's come through for me. It's almost like I get amnesia or something and I kind of, Just get overwhelmed with fear and forget all about the times that God's shown himself to be faithful and true to me. No. What does David do? David bases his decision to trust God on the sure foundation, on God's word, the word he praises as he writes in the psalm. David knows God can be trusted because of the truth of God's word because of the promises that God has made to him and to all of us in his beautiful word. The accounts of what he's done and the declaration of what God promises to do for those who believe in him and love him today. I'm wondering today, friends, how much easier do you think it would be For us, if we were to get our fears under control, how much easier would it be for us to get our fears under control if we were to regularly spend meaningful time with God in his word? How much easier do you think it would be to win the war of our minds? How much easier would it be to kind of deal with and be able to process our fear if we didn't try to handle it in our own strength but dealt with our fear by spending time with God in his word, reading his promises and soaking in them over and over and over and over again. I'm sure we, like David declared, we would see God to be trustworthy and faithful if we did that regularly. Amen. I've been reading a great book just lately. It's been up on the screen. You might have seen it in the background there. It's by Craig Grishel called Winning the War in Your Mind. And if you are a person who ever struggles at any point with negative thinking, stinking thinking or destructive thoughts, I'd highly recommend you check out this book. It is solid biblically and it's also really solid psychologically as well. So it's the best of both worlds wrapped up in one And in this book, Craig suggests that the way we transform our thinking and become transformed through the renewing of our minds, which some of us might know, that might sound familiar. Oh, yeah, Paul talks about that in Romans 12, is by identifying the lies that we believe and replacing the lies with the truth. Yeah? So what does this look like practically? Well, I'll give you an example. Suppose an underlying fear that you have is that for whatever reason, you won't be able to adequately provide for your family. That's a fear that some of us face. And maybe you fear that not only in the short term, but long term. And and it's something that really grips your heart and and steals your joy a lot of the time. And this false belief kind of has led you to live a bit of a, a Scrooge lifestyle, you know? where you scrounge every last cent. You, you're very mindful of what you spend on and what you don't spend on. You put on 10 layers and don't put the heater on ever. I don't know what it is, you know, but this is you. You kind of Your friends call you Scrooge. That's your nickname. That's how it is. You're the person, you know, maybe you've been in this scenario before, if you've worked in a workplace, where when someone comes around and says, hey, I'm going to go get some takeaway coffees, do you want one? you kind of go, yeah, if you're buying, I'll have one. You're that kind of Scrooge with a capital S, Mr. or Mrs. Stingy. And you see, on the surface, it looks like a good thing. It looks like you are intentionally making sacrifices for the good of your family. You've been a hard worker. You've been a good steward with the resources that God's given you. But here's the thing, actually at a deep heart level, you believe in a lie. You believe the lie and you're afraid that if you don't work the long hours and if you don't scrimp and save and if you don't go without the takeaway coffee or whatever it is and don't save every single dollar you possibly can, that you're going to fail as a parent, that your children are somehow going to miss out. And perhaps an additional fear or a side fear is you're fearful of how people would then view you as a parent, or even as a person, if you were to fail in that regard. Does that make sense? So if this hypothetical situation has described you to a T this morning, what do you do? How, How do you handle this? Well, firstly, you replace the lie you're believing with the truth. What's God say in his word? What promises does he make that specifically... Tackle this lie and destroy this lie head on. Can you think of any, even where you're sitting listening to this right now? I would say that Jesus' words in Matthew chapter 6, verse 25 to 34, address this thing perfectly. Here's what Jesus says He says, Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the fields grow? They do not labour or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendour And all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. When we exchange the lie, the destructive lie that we're believing with the truth, we actually open ourselves up to experiencing and enjoying the freedom that Jesus has won for us to enjoy in this life. We open ourselves up to it as we trust, not in a wishful thinking thing, but trust in God's word, in his truth, in what he says, what he promises to do for those of us who would seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. What does he say? All these things will be added to us as well. God will meet all our needs, won't he? God will provide us with everything we need if we seek him first. Do you see why David was onto something when he encouraged or when he wrote down his thought process in that psalm and those thoughts that now encourage us as Christians today? God's word is powerful. It's a powerful tool in dealing with fear. You know, God's word is the tool that is ours in, to use in effectively dealing not just with some fears, but with every single fear that we might experience in life. doesn't matter how big the fear is, doesn't matter how small the fear is. God's word is the key to winning the war over fear. There's no fear that we will ever experience that we cannot defeat with the truth of God's word. Now if you think about it, We are, even though we exist in a physical, material world, we are not of this world, are we? But we are existing in like a bit of a multi-dimensional world. We've got all the physical that we see and the material, and then we've got the spiritual world as well. And if we think about it, we are, as the Bible says, we're in a war. We're not in a material or a physical war right now, but we are in a spiritual war, a supernatural war against Satan and against his demons and the powers of darkness that want to destroy us, want to see us fall away from God, and want to see us totally lost in life, totally overcome by any fear that they could get to stick deep within our hearts. Yeah, We're in a spiritual war, and the Bible says that we need to engage in that battle, and the way that we engage um, in terms of in, um, what's the word? The way that we proactively engage and take action is through the offensive weapon that we've been given. What's that offensive weapon that we've been given? Paul, in Ephesians six seventeen calls our offensive weapon the sword of the spirit, God's word. That is our weapon to come against forces of darkness, to come against fears and cut them down to the ground to fall away where they belong. You know, David, David did this over and over and over again. And he used the most powerful weapon that he could, that he had. Because if you think about it, David's here in captivity. He doesn't have a physical sword. He doesn't have his slingshot like he had when he was younger. He's got nothing. He's probably bound up in chains. He has genuine reason to be afraid and yet he has the most powerful weapon that any of us can ever hold up against any fear or any of Satan's attacks and attempts to derail us. He has God's word written in his heart, no doubt. And David, he puts it to good effect as we see here in Psalm 56, verses 5 to 6, he shares a bit more about what he's experiencing at the hands of his enemies. He says, all day long they injure my cause. All their thoughts are against me for evil. They stir up strife. They lurk. They watch my steps as they have waited for my life. That's some big, heavy feelings there, genuine reasons for David to fear by the sounds of it. And I mentioned earlier that fear is more often than not Not a one-time battle, but a, a ongoing battle that we're to engage in. We need to remind ourselves of truth and seek refuge in God, in his word, and in his presence over and over and over again. And David does this. David does this again in verses 9 and 11. He's just shared again about his reasons to fear. He's shared about his situation. Things are not looking good. And then he goes on in verses 9 to 11. And he reminds himself that because God is for him, he has no reason to be afraid. Let's read that now, 9 and 11. He says, Then my enemies will turn back in the day when I call. This I know, that God is for me. In God whose word I praise, in the Lord whose word I praise, see that again, the word I praise, in God I trust, I shall not be afraid. What can man do to me? More often than not, we deal with and work through fear by coming back to our Father time and time and time again, to his word but also into his embrace in his presence as we can enjoy relationship with him. You know, God illustrated this truth for me just the other day in a, in a really powerful way. I was having our weekly family night as a family and we were enjoying watching The Lion King 2. I'm sure some of you are saying, What? Is that even a thing? I know The Lion King was, did they remake one? Yes, they did. And you can just enjoy your fond memories of the first. But anyway, what I was reminded of happened because we were, we were watching this movie and my young daughter was sort of, she's at that age, being four, where it's kind of borderline being completely petrified by these kind of things, but borderline loving it as well. So we're in a really awkward stage there, but with a seven-year-old as well, you know, sometimes those younger kids, they just get dragged along no matter what. So anyway, we're watching this movie and for those who aren't familiar with the first one, There's basically a hero of the story called Simba. And Simba has grown up at this point in this movie. He's got his own family. And anyway, what happened was there's some evil lions that were aligned with Scar from the first movie and they got banished out of the kingdom. And then what happened was they were hatching a plan to try and kill Simba and take over Pride Rock all over again. Sounds pretty intense, doesn't it? Well, I guarantee for my daughter, it was super intense and we were kind of gauging like, oh, is she fearful? And then we saw her like this and we we're like, yeah, that's probably a bit of a giveaway. She's probably not handling this so well right now. So I asked her, I said, hey, are you, are you doing okay? Are you, are you a little bit scared? And she said yes. And so what I did was I just went over there to her and I sat with her on the couch and the beautiful thing was, you know, as if you've ever spent any time with kids yourself, you might have had a, a moment like this. She, she was watching the movie sort of through her, through her fingers a little bit and then through the good times she was just free to, you know, just enjoy it and, and laugh along with all the antics of the carriers. But through the scary times she'd huddle and, and pull herself close in and, and I'd wrap my arms around her to bring her into a safe place. And God showed me, God showed me that in many ways, this is how he is when he says that he is like a father to us as well. When we're experiencing fear, when we're afraid. You know, God, when he sees that we're afraid, he offers himself to us. He offers himself to us and he draws near to us, just hoping and longing that we would draw near to him as well. And when we do, when we're in this place of intimacy and connection, we feel safe. And as we get strengthened through being in his presence, through reflecting on his word, we're then able to freely venture out into life again and free to kind of live in the freedom that he's won for us to live. And then after a while, a bit like what David sort of pointed to here, something makes us feel afraid. We experience fear and we go through the same process again with our Father God. And this is how good our awesome God is. He doesn't just say, oh, no, you should be over your fears by now. He says, come to me, child. Come to me, child. You are safe right here. I'll I'll protect you. I'll help you. I'll help you deal with this so you can go on in life and you can walk in freedom with me every step of the way. David knew what to do. When he was feeling afraid, he put his trust in God. And God longs that we would be people who would do exactly the same thing when we feel afraid, no matter what those fears are that we face in this life. And not a one-time thing, but again and again and again and again, regularly turning to him his word and his presence for safety and encouragement to press on, knowing that God is good and ultimately God is in control and because he's in control, no fear can totally consume us or derail us from what he wants for us if we trust it to him. I'm wondering today, friends, when you're afraid, where do you turn? Who do you go to? Or what do you find yourself doing? Do you turn to potentially really unhelpful habits for overcoming fear, like maybe you kind of avoid it by investing your time in other things, maybe food, alcohol, maybe Netflix, or even something like pornography. Or do you turn your face towards God? As the Bible says, the father of compassion and God of all comfort when you're afraid. If you're listening to this today and, and you're visiting with us, maybe you've never even considered what it means to know Jesus, let alone have a relationship with him. Can I encourage you to make today the day where you turn to your Father? Jesus makes the way possible for you to be in relationship with God the Father, and that's what he wants more than ever. And maybe you're listening to this and you're like, you know what, I've tried everything. I've, I, I'm wrapped with fear My life is one step to fear after fear after fear. Well, if that's you, I want to encourage you. Sure, Jesus will help you with that. But better than all of that, Jesus promises to anyone who would believe in his name that he will never leave them. He will never forsake them. And so if you welcome Jesus into your life today, he will be with you through whatever you face in life, through the great times, but also through any daily struggles you might have in overcoming fear or any other thing. And that is good news for you. That's good news for all of us. So if that's you today, I want to encourage you, reach out to God. Just cry out to him even right now and say, God, I want to follow you. Help me, Lord, to have a renewed heart. Help me, Lord, to come to you in faith. And today, I believe that you are who you say you are. You are Jesus, the Son of God, God in the flesh. If that's you today, I want to encourage you to pray that prayer. I'll pray for you in just a little moment. And also, if you do make a decision to follow Jesus today, let us know. I'd love to follow you up and encourage you as you continue to take steps forward in faith and in relationship with God. If you head to our website, libertyfamilychurch.net.au forward slash online and fill in a connect form there, I will get in touch with you and work out a time, maybe when we can go on an exercise walk together or something. You're allowed to do that. It'd be great to connect and encourage you in your faith. Make that choice to follow Jesus today. Today is the day of salvation. There's never been a better time to follow him. Your life will be better for it, guaranteed. And if you're listening to this and, you know, you have been a Christian for many years, but for whatever reason, fear has just been something that has been a real battle for you, I just really want to encourage you today to take what David says and apply it, not in your own strength, not in your own strength, but take David's recipe for dealing with fear, processing fear, and allow Holy Spirit to come in and empower you to daily walk towards victory in Christ over any fears or any other forms of darkness that might be apparent in your life. Can I encourage you to do that today, friends? I'm going to pray for all of us right now as we close our time in God's word that he would have his way in our hearts. Let's pray. Lord God, we just want to praise you that you have won the victory. You have won the victory. You won the victory over sin and death once and for all. And you are victorious and you reign on the throne. And we thank you, God, that because you have been victorious, we can follow you in walking in the victory over these things, over other things that are not of you. You don't want us to be overcome with fear, Lord. You want us to be free from fears. And so, Lord, we recognise that fear in and of itself is something that Satan uses to derail us so often. So, God, we just stand against that now in Jesus' name. And, Lord, I pray for those who are seeking, maybe atheists or agnostics or seekers who are listening to this today, Lord, I pray that they would be able to just humble themselves before you and that you would speak powerfully, into their hearts, give them an encounter with you by your Holy Spirit so that they know that they know that they know that they know that you are there and that you love them passionately. And God, as they experience that, even right now, we pray, God, that they would turn to you and cry out to you and be welcomed as your son or your daughter this morning. We pray for that. And God, for all of us who are in your family, our sons and daughters of the living God. We pray, Lord, that you would just help us to join with you, to walk with you in life, no matter what might come our way, no matter what fear, no matter what darkness, we might be sure and founded in you and trusting in your word, empowered through your word and empowered through being in your presence to make a stand and destroy fears that hold us back from fullness of life. We thank you, Jesus, that you will make a way and that you are faithful and true. And We can be sure of that, Lord, because many of us have experienced it, but fundamentally, Lord, because your word says so. So, God, help us to base our very lives off the truth of God's word and help us, Lord, to win that victory over fear. And we pray this.